You're listening to the John Effect Podcast. This is episode 294. New listeners, welcome. Returning listeners, welcome back. I am your host, John Salvatore Mackey, a.k.a. Jamal Cena, your master of ceremonies, Cuban roast in the flesh, the podcast quarterback, Fidel Cashflow, the Afro-Latino Ryan Reynolds on these hoes, three-button poppy, cheekbone Jones, bro Livia Pope, Juan Quixote, John Stradamus, the young OG, Juancito Fuego, the Prince of Potomac, 68 Savage, because I owe these niggas one, BKA often imitated, never duplicated, cannot be replaced. I'm back in the motherfucking place to be six episodes until I hit the milestone of the big 300. Like, I'm still in awe that this solo podcast is about to hit officially 300 canon episodes. That's wild to me. Like, I could not do this if it weren't for all of you guys out there and my small circle, you know, of collaborators. You guys are the real MVPs. Um, This episode is the series finale of This Is 30. Like, this journey started this time last year when I wanted to do When I Was 17. And while I was in the process of recording when I was 17, I said, I need to do a follow-up to this. And the follow-up needs to be the 30s. And that was this. This is 30. And then in the creative process of this is 30, I was like, you know what, John? Because sometimes I say that to myself. You know what, John? I don't necessarily say it in that voice. But I'm like, you like things in threes you love a good trilogy so with that the roaring 20s was birthed the idea was and then i was like you know what what can i do to add to this series and put a nice bow on it i said you know what i'm gonna go forward and do this and i'm going to be in this space where I'm gonna pull people from this is or when I was 17. And I'm gonna pull people from when I was 30. And then I'm gonna pull some people that I have not worked with on this series. And then even with this the Roaring Twenties, there are going to be people that have never been featured on this show. And that's where we're at. And I will say this. I am in well into production of you know, the Roaring Twenties. 
I'm not too out. Let me just say this. The two episodes or the two recording sessions, these niggas blew me away. Like, they understood the assignment. So, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't wait for you guys to hear that. So, essentially, when This Is 30 wraps up, we're ramping up. The Roaring Twenties will be here. The Roaring Twenties is a five-part mini-series that concludes the whole era of what I've been doing the last year. And then 2023 will be here, and we're going to be doing different stuff on the show. And, you know, I'm going to be in a different creative mind space because I'm always thinking, what can I do to tweak the show? What can I do to evolve the show? What can I do that has me wanting to come back and come back and come back and keep doing the show. And that's where we're at. So I got some things lined up for 2023 I'm excited about. Initially, originally, the Roaring Twenties was going to launch in 2023. But let's just say, and I'm not showing any favoritism, the recording sessions for the Roaring Twenties really had me like, you know what? Nah, this shit is coming out, not shit, bad way. This content is coming out this year. So, you know, let's just say things are going to be the same, but they're going to be different. Jackie and I are still doing our year-end show for 2022. Um, we're planning that now. Again, if you want to say some nice things, three nice things about Jackie, John, or Jackie or John, Call into the show. The number will be in the notes for the show. Email the show, JackieJohnPod at gmail.com. Or email me, the John Effect Podcast at gmail.com. You know, roast us. You know, be shady to us. Be messy. Be petty. Be shady. <laughs> but yeah, you know, just scream at us. Let us know. Because you guys listen and, and we love that for you guys. Um, we're on hiatus, but you know, we'll be back. We're definitely coming back in December. And then we are working on, you know, giving new content. So, you know, in the past, the John effect had red episodes, red episodes were not necessarily canon to the show. They were things that differentiated from the normal course of the show. Uh, Jackie and I will be doing the same thing. We'll be doing white label episodes. Um, not necessarily every month, but, you know, those will sporadically pop up. We're still doing Jackie and John the Takeover each month. But we may throw a little razzle-dazzle out there where we give different content outside of what we normally do. Um, it just keeps us on our toes creatively and we want to be able to discuss any and everything under the sun but yeah so that's where we're at but you know without life coach and tennis bay eric cole and i am the host and producer of the hung up podcast a philly-based culture and society podcast from a black ass queer ass perspective and you can find my podcast on your favorite podcasting and social media platform by simply searching at Hungapod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. So thank I'll let you, you thank you, thank you. And <laughs> I'm so yeah. appreciative that you are joining me on the show. Thank I you. you guys don't know, but behind the scenes, I was telling you, like I said, we're gonna have to collaborate again. 
And when I was doing when I was 17, I was in the back of my mind thinking, I want to do something to follow this up with. So here we are with This Is 30. Our 30s are such a transformative year of our lives. And I, I'm saying that as someone that just turned 39. So this is my last year of being in my 30s. So I wanted to close this year out with this segment. So without further ado, when you're ready, let, <laughs> thank you. when you're ready, we're going <laughs> to dive headfirst into This Is 30. Ready? I'm ready. Yes. Let's go. Question number one, describe your 30s in three words and please share with the audience why you chose those three words. Three words. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I would, three words that I would describe my 30s, um, definitely growth. <sighs> um experiences because it's been on the upside and on the downside when it comes to that and I guess the third word would be elevation okay. I think yeah yeah being in my 30s is that you know I'm and I'm right in the middle so I'm 36 so I think I'm in a place in my life where not only am I going through the lessons and I'm learning the lessons, I can like apply them in a meaningful way that better serves me and works for me versus against me. Okay. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I do. Why did you choose those words? Because it's just, I think the, when I think of my 30s and what I've experienced and gone through, gone through, gone through, it's my bad. I feel like I couldn't get that out. Those are just the things that came to me immediately. And I was just trying to like roll with it and just give you what I was feeling, like that raw response. Those are the three things that came to me, you know, I, because I've, I've experienced a lot. I've gone through so many things, things that I wouldn't even think that I would go through. And on the flip side, I've also experienced so much growth. And I've also been able to help other people through that growth. And I'm also still, I'm, I'm, I'm learning, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm more humble now than I've ever been before in my life. So I think that's why I, you know, those were the first three that came to mind. You're on mute if you're talking. <laughs> so what, we're gonna switch gears just a little bit and this is a two part question. What does a random Saturday look like for you in your thirties at 315? And then is there a change from when you were in your twenties and around that same time frame? 
Yeah, because I feel like in my twenties I was much more like I'm still social now, but I'm I feel like in a different way. I feel like in my twenties right. it was more out in these streets and <laughs> going to the cl- clubs and um, going to the house parties and stuff like because that was real big here in Philly at one point. Well, I think it still is in a way, depending on who you know. Right. Um, but now it's I'm on the tennis court. You know, mm-hmm. that's you know how I'm starting my morning. I'm you know spending time with my dog. I'm capitalizing on spending time with my homeboys because everybody is so busy and doing so much that sometimes it's hard to you know catch up with niggas, right. you know during the week because you know niggas is out being um, black excellence and so. I would say that that's the difference. And it, and, it, and again, because I've, I feel like after I lost my dad, I lost my dad in January of this year. It really, it, it really emphasized to me, you really got to spend time with the people that you love. And we say it and we tweet it and we post it, but you really got to live it. You really, because it, in a, in a, in a second, your life can change with a phone call. Right. So, very big difference between my Saturday, between <laughs> what it was, you know, what it is now compared to what it was when I was in my 20s. Okay, fair enough. So, we're going to pivot just a little bit. Oh, what? and also, my bad. I was probably working <laughs> on Saturday in my 20s. You know, right. I don't do that no more. You know, that's not, that's a thing in the past. You know, Monday, I'm a Monday through Friday girl. So, <laughs> I had to throw that in there, too. Hey, <laughs> no, with a Monday through Friday, I love it. I love Monday through Friday. I love nice, clean, white women bankers hours. So, I'm going <laughs> Yes, exactly. So, what are some deal breakers for you as a 30-something? Some deal breakers. In general, or are we talking about like relationships, friendships, coworkers? This is open ended for you to answer however you feel. Well, if we start at high level, it's for me just a deal breaker for me is ignorance, I and I feel like as <laughs> I get older, as I mature <laughs> in age. I don't know. I just, I just, I wonder if anybody else sometimes just wake up and be like, yo, is this for real? <laughs> Are we really here? I mean, even today, you know, the Senate passed, they're trying to get the gun laws um, stricter. And we have a country that's more focused on women, women's productive rights than they are about protecting children in school. Talk about it. So, I'm sorry. And what was the question again? Because I don't want to lose sight. No, the question was, what are some deal breakers for you as a person? So, right. So, just the day-to-day ignorance of humans. Because it's not just white people. I mean, racism, capitalism, white supremacy is absolutely a problem for us. But, John, we can speak as people of the LGBTQ plus community that also our very own people 
are and can be a problem. And that's something that we're up against a lot. Um, we are. Day to day. It, it is real. You know, Y'all don't understand it, but it is real. Mm -hmm. It is. So the hotel ignorance. <laughs> I'll sum it Ooh, up to say that is it. That's a deal breaker for me. I'll get you. Yeah, that 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 hotel ignorance, and I'm I'm here in Philly where it prevails. Where on any given day, you know, the Hebrew Israelites are out on the corner <gasps> on their soapbox and no, preaching all the misogyny and hatred toward everybody, and I'm just not here for it. I can't I can't get down with that. Um, and it's just it's just it's, it's it's an immediate turnoff. I was in a voice chat room earlier today on, well, I won't say that name of the app, but, mm -hmm. and it's just like, as soon as it, they start, it, it, it just, it's an immediate turn off for me. And mm -hmm. I don't even want to be in this space no more. And I think, unfortunately for us as black people, I think these ignorant as black men and, and women too, that, perpetuate this hatred that perpetuate the homophobia and transphobia mm -hmm. is, is really keeping us from how are we going to fight against racism and, and all the other things that we need in this world um, for our communities grocery stores and um, we need to protect our children there's so much that we have to come together as a community to fight for how are we going to do that when we have so much against each other within our own community. And meanwhile, we still, we, we steady showing up for, for black men. We yeah. steady, we steady showing up, we steady showing up for black women, but they don't always return that. And I, and I say always, because I don't want to take away from the folk who are, because we, we absolutely have the people out there um, who are not just allies by title, but are truly supporting the community and using their platforms to do good. And we appreciate that. Okay. Okay, so the next question. How do you navigate the, and I think this is a great lead in because you, you kind of, it's like you knew what I was going to ask, but you really didn't because we kind of talked about this before the recording. So how do you navigate the world when it comes to race relations in your 30s? And it's another two-parter. Is there any difference in how you navigate it as a 20 something? Absolutely. I think as a 20 something, I was much more furious mm -hmm. and I didn't know where to place my anger and my frustration. Whereas now, yeah, there are absolutely times and moments, <laughs> days where I'm furious about the things that we have to go through as a people. I don't care if you're gay or straight, I'm talking about as a people. Right. Um, I'm sorry, what was the question again? Okay, so the question is, how do you navigate race relations as a 30-something? And then is there any difference in how you navigate it as a 20-something? So I think now, like I was saying, I can more so manage my feelings and my emotions than I did when I was 20. Right. And 
And I also understand that it's a tactic that a lot of racist folks use to really tire us out. To really, I mean, to argue with them, to try to fight with them. Even when President Biden get on his little soapbox about we got to reason with these people. How do you reason with these people? You can't. Yeah. And history has shown us that you cannot. So instead of arguing uh, with a brick wall, trying to get someone to understand something that they'll never understand, now that I'm in my 30s, I know better. I know better. And, and, and I can better place my energy. When it's time to fight, we can fight. But sometimes we have to conserve our energy for the work. Arguing with them and fighting against them all the time, that's going to wear us out. And it's, gonna, it's going to um, distract us from doing what we're really supposed to be doing as a people and doing the work. So I'm much more mindful of that now. And even down to, you know, John, exercising that on my podcast, when they get on there with the ignorant comments, the transphobia and the racism and all that, I used to always feel like I need to address it and clap back. But now it's just a block. It's just a block. Yeah. Because what am I going to try to say to you that you, you, you're not, it's not that you you can't understand it, it's that you don't want you to. You refuse to understand it. You refuse to understand it. So what am I going to waste my energy for? Okay. That's what's being in my 30s. It's feeling like to me. It's making better decisions and choices about, because look, it's all about that mental health. We have enough as a people. Again, I don't care if you're gay or straight. I'm talking about as a people. We have enough to deal with when we walk out that door, really before we even walk out the door every right. day. So it's, you know, we got to conserve our energy. We do. We definitely have to conserve that energy. We're going to switch it up. It wouldn't be the John effect with some questions that are not so PC, not so safe. So how uh -oh. do you <laughs> sex as a 30-something? As a 30-something, I'm not as... I'm not a horny little rabbit hopping around, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> And to me, sex is, you know, you ever see the you ever see the tweets that's like after I masturbated I got my nut I wasn't even worried about that text or that DM. Yes, yes, I, I that, that that that's thirties right there. That I agree. <laughs> I definitely agree because let me tell you, in my twenties, sex. Whoa, let me just yes, in my thirties, and I'm on the second half in the last you know the last 11 hours and it has completely shifted like i'm like you know what i don't have the time i i'm not trying to play the back and forth like you know i'm okay by myself i got it i can handle this so you know that i, I don't I know what it is about that back and forth but it is it does wear you out and it wears you thin and it's like you just don't it like look, it absolutely does happen. Don't 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 get me wrong. Right. Um, but it's much more intentional though. For me, I'm speaking for me. It's much more intentional. 
I'm very selective about who I sleep with. Thank that. Yes, that is it. Because not that. Because quite frankly, John, they don't all deserve it. So this is true. (laughs) This is true. Like my whole approach to sex is completely different as a 30 something versus someone in their 20s because in my I will say this in my 20s I was wide old and that is an understatement and I am so glad that there was no social media I am so thankful for Indeed. the NDAs that I have signed throughout my 20s because had any of that stuff ever like I I would be so ashamed like I, I'm not even I'm not even gonna front. Like then I wouldn't have been ashamed. But as a thirty something, I'm like, how could you be so? How could you be so out of control and not control the narrative? So yeah, but I, that is I'm there with you. I, <laughs> but you know what? I I honestly though feel it is a part of the process and the journey. I do feel like for a lot of us, not everybody, you know, you got to go through that wild phase to get to the next phase. Yeah. Whatever that is, you know what I mean? And not everybody has that while and out phase. Um, some people have it later on in life. Some people never have it later on in life and they regret it. Some people never have it later on in life and they don't regret it. Right. I think, it, you know, it's to each of them. I think it's just evolution. Like I, Because there were times in my 20s where, it, not that sex has to just be, you know, you being sexy and single, like, I was wild when I was single in my 20s. I was wild when I was in a relationship in my 20s. So, yes, yeah, sex is completely different in your 30s. So, completely shifting gears. Next question. What has the biggest learning lesson been for you as a 30-something? I have to say, I have to go back to, you know, like I said, when my father passed, because that's like the biggest thing that has really ever happened to me. Yes, I have lost people close to me before, but, and and honestly, I thought, silly, silly rabbit, I thought that by me experiencing the death of loved ones previously, that it would have had somehow prepared me. It never does. Child, child, It shattered. Especially when it's a parent, it never does. It completely like shattered me. And then there was so much turmoil Mm -hmm. from my sisters that came afterwards. Like two women that were never even involved in his life. Now I'm having to deal with that running back and forth to court. Mind you, this is all back home in Maryland. I live in Pennsylvania. Right. Meanwhile, I'm still juggling work. I'm still trying to juggle being a good friend. I'm still trying to juggle. I'm a host and producer of a podcast. John, you know what that's like. That's a lot of work. That's that a lot is of, a I, lot. I don't of think work. people understand. It's not just, oh, let me hop on the mic and talk because I like to talk. No, it's not. Yeah. Just, it's not. It's right, not. right. Well, some choose to do that. And we see, we, you know, it, it, oh. it, <laughs> it doesn't work fun. out well for them. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but John, that what, I, what I've experienced losing my father and then dealing with people the way that I've been dealing with them, people that I thought we're going to have my back. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it really taught me that I can really get through anything. Right. And that I have to continue not only to live, but to be great for my father and for his legacy. That's the best thing that I can do at this point because he ain't coming back. It don't matter how many tears I shed. It doesn't matter. It, it just, he's not coming. And I think that's also another thing that's so difficult to deal with, death, um, especially someone you love, someone close to you, is that it, it is seriously final. And I know how silly that sounds, but it's it's final. When it when they're gone, they're literally gone. There's no more. Let me get five more minutes. Let me get one more hug. Let me get one more phone call. Let me just see them one more time. No, it's done. And whatever you didn't do or you didn't get to, you got to find some way, if you can, if you can, to get through that and to heal with that, you know? But I'm thankful that I was able to share a life with this man. Not only did he raise me and put me through school and send me off to college, mm -hmm. but as adults, we had each other's back. Um, and I get to carry that with me for the rest of my life. So there you go. I love that man. I will always honor him mm -hmm. and carry his name and respect his name. That's the biggest lesson for me so far. And I'm only halfway through my 30s, John. So we'll see what happens the other next five years. But for me, that shit right there, can nothing top that. Because I love that man with my entire soul and my entire life. I love that. I, I do love it. So this next question. And I want, this is open-ended. So feel free to interpret and respond how you see fit. What has been the biggest shift in your mindset since you've been in your 30s? Mm, you know, I feel like I think more about my existence, our existence, much more now than I ever, like, thought about it. You know, I, I just, sometimes I just sit and wonder, what is this? Why are we here? Why were we sent here? How did this all get started? Right. What if racism and slavery was never a thing? What would life have been like then? Like, I just have so many thoughts about the whys. And honestly, I think it's not for us to know all the answers to the questions. I think we were really, we're, we're supposed to, it's an inward reflection that we're supposed to do. We do mm -hmm. a lot of outward, 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 where if we really just get the within, if we, if we get ourselves together and get closer to our, our light, and, and that's whatever God or whatever, deep, like whatever, whatever, however people look at, I just call it a light. It's within all of us. And I think when we get closer to that and then tap into that, then things are a little bit more balanced. <laughs> yeah. I think shit is just so out of balance right now. People are crazy. People are demon possessed, going up in the schools and shooting up the babies. And it's, it's just this country. Yeah, this country is just unraveling, unraveling. And honestly, John, a lot of people feel like Donald Trump might be president 
that they're going to try to steal this election because they're already doing things. These these white groups and these 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 organizations and you know they these KKK groups are suited and booted. They 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 don't look. They don't all look like how a lot of us think out in the backwoods with missing teeth. Okay. Well, you know what? Okay. Good night. Not. You understand what I'm saying, John? I, I, Some of them I are the senators. It. Some of them are the congress congressmen. You know, you understand what I'm Ms. saying? Miss McConnell, them... we looking at you, nigga. We looking at you, oh, McConnell. Yes, exactly. We know you the ring Some of them are teachers. Imagine that. Mm. I can't imagine sending my child to a school and I'm wondering, what is this bitch putting in the head of my child? Right. <laughs> and we hear about it all the time where these babies done came home and told their mama or their dad that the teacher told them that they were ugly or was had tar skin or that they were never going to be nothing because right. they were black. It's awful. I, I question so many things. I look around and wonder why so much suffering. Look at um, the human trafficking issue that we have. And, and it's not just happening in Miami, in, in Los Angeles. In New York, no, it is literally happening in everybody's neighborhoods and backyards. I don't care where you live. It's so bad. And these babies are coming up missing. People are missing so much. If people ever dare go and look at that federal website where they list missing people, you will be flabbergasted at the number of people that go missing every single day. What's happening to these people? Where are they going? And I'm always like, People, this could easily happen to me. Like, I'm like, how would I just end up missing? How would that work? How I just, I'm like, I don't want to. We can't fathom it because it's, I don't want to, look, we could go one and one and one. And I don't want to um, belabor your podcast, but you you understand what I'm saying. I, 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 I question so many things, John. I do, but I don't let it. I don't let it get when it gets to a point where that anxiety starts to kick in and I feel like that blood, that that heart rate is going up, then it's like, all right, wait, pause. You gotta breathe. You gotta let's let's readjust here because again, maybe I'm not supposed to know everything. Right. I get it. So we're gonna switch things in, in, in a lighter, lighter mood. What does liberation look like to you as a 30-something? For me, liberation, I think that Nina Simone, when she said, when she said, no fear, you know, no fear, no liberation to me is being able to, you know, tell my story without someone wanting to attack me or harm me. I don't know how anybody who's black or brown and it's crazy how the brown some of the brown folks they 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 wearing the MAGA hats too okay we see y'all we see you okay but it's just like and I'm sorry what was the question again see I sometimes I go blank and I forget no no you're fine as a 30 something what does liberation look like to you right so like I was saying, liberation is just being able to be who I am. And I just, I don't think everybody really understands that there's so many people out there that hate us just because. 
want to bring harm to us just because. Another man was found lynched last week. And I and I posted the story um, on my Instagram story. It's just like they just want to, they just just because. And it doesn't really surprise me because back in the day they used to get dressed up and they actually used to wash their ass just to come and see black people being lynched. Right. Not just lynched, but mutilated, set on fire and lynched. And they watched with their children. They brought their children. And those disgusting. children are grandfathers and grandmothers today. They're still here. They are. Fat Carol Liberal. from accounting. I see you, bitch. I see you. Okay, we see you. I, liberate, I mean, it's, I, John, I can't walk out of my door. I, I really can't go anywhere without a white person snaring their eyes at me. Mm-hmm. Especially depending on the section of the city that I go in, particularly where I go to see my chiropractor. He's in a uh, one of them, you know, areas in the city. Yeah. And they be looking at me like, what you doing here, nigga? Not what you doing here, nigga. How rude. Where's so I, I don't know. I, I don't know if, you know, I try to find liberation through music, through food and sharing it with my family and the people that I love. I try to, you know, I try to find liberation in, the, in, in things that I love to do that I'm passionate about, playing tennis. I'm passionate about my podcast. I'm passionate about the content that I put out. You ever had somebody reach out to you once you want to show, but then ask you, what do you want to talk about? No. You, what was your vision for your episode? I don't, right. I, look, when it comes to the Hung Up podcast, people know it'll be a three-week hiatus if I ain't got shit to say. I don't have nothing to say. Yeah, it, it is like that. I, you know, before in, in the infancy of the show, it was, oh my God, I have to put a show out every week. And then I got to a place where I was like, you know what? I've made my contributions to this landscape. I yes, you have. have. I've done things. And this isn't things. me like puffing my chest out, but this was early on. I was like, I've been very committed to this show and have been very passionate. I've nurtured this show mm-hmm. and I've put my blood, sweat, tears in the show. And I got to a point, I was like, you know what? If I don't do a show, I don't do a show. If I don't have anything to talk about, I'm not going to do a show. I'm not going to just hop on here to do a show just to put something out. Like, I get that in the empathy of your show because you want it to circulate. You want traction. But once you've done certain things and you hit certain bench benchmarks and certain milestones, it's not, you're not as riddled with, oh my God, I, I have to keep up. I have to compete. You get to a point right. where it's like, shit, if I want to take two weeks off, I'm going to take two weeks off. If I want to go on summer hiatus, I'm going to do that. Um, yeah, because the girls are talking about things that yo, me and you, me and you have talked about time and time again for years and the girls are just talking about it now it's just like been there done that right right podcast pto and y'all the audience is lucky if i you know i'm not being funny but most of the time i'm going to give you i'm going to let hey there's no show but sometimes it's just it's no show it's like or even i'll there's been times i've had notes and there's no show i'm like I was like, I have, I have notes. 
I have topics, but it's recording time and I'm just not feeling it on the mic. And sometimes those shows don't air or sometimes they come out late. Yeah. That's see, see, I feel like, see, that's keeping it real as a creative. That's keeping it real. Keeping it real would be me turning on the camera. And I guess y'all just want to see me. If I, I won't put out an episode. Y'all want to see me so bad. Okay. I'll turn on the camera. I'm up in here wrapped in my blanket, depressed, sad, could barely get through work today because right. I'm dealing with A, B, C, D, and E. That's real life. Yeah, that is real life. <clears throat> that is real life. So it's gl- I- I'm so glad that you kind of brought that up because it really leads into the next question. Mm-hmm. Describe what self-care looks like to you as a 30-something. I'll tell you what is not. It's not this performance of get more sleep go go to a therapist go it's no it's i i have to like take it to another like layer um self-care is a lot of different things and i feel like it varies depending on the season <laughs> depending on like you really have to tap into yourself Right. To figure out what 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 your needs are, um, because self care for me, you know, is not just spending time with my dog, for an example, but it's taking him to the groomer, getting getting a fresh bath, and then we can after that go out. I have a treat for him, and then we can go to the park and spend some time together there. Self care could be. Um, committing that committing to writing for myself because not everything has to be shared with everybody Thank so you. it's creating you know what idea. i'm saying it's cre- so self-care for me is creating a space that's for me and just for me right because we we're already out there enough <laughs> and we put so much on the line when you would listen to our content a lot of we put a lot out there and we're vulnerable you gotta you gotta create a space that's just for you, and that that looks I you know not no one can tell you what that is. You that's that's you gotta curate that. Exactly. Um, Self care is committing to myself, to making myself a priority. So, if I want to exercise more, if I want to play tennis more, if I want to be more involved in the social aspects of the community and what's going on. It's, 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 it's recommitting to myself that I want to raise my credit score 20 points over the next six months. It's creating long-term goals. How long do I want to be here? Because I think a lot of what's going on around us, we can oftentimes get stuck and we're really just trying to survive day to day. But every now and again, we got to, snap back into it and be like, all right, look, I, I do need to have some type of long, a short-term and a long-term goal and create those small steps to get there. Not going from A to Z, right. but going A, B, C, D, E, F, you know what I mean? And, and those little steps, those are, we have to reward ourselves whenever we reach that next step. That's what self-care looks like for me in my 30s. I love it. Final question, insert dramatic music. <laughs> what moment hit you and you're like, 
damn, I'm really in my 30s. I'm really 30. I'm really 30 something. These grays popping in on my chest. On your chest? Really? (laughs) But you know what? I started going gray um, in my late 20s. So, um, you know, look, at least I still, you know, I got got hair. So I'm holding on to it. (laughs) You do. You have gray. I do color it, though, because I don't. Sometimes I color it, you know, um, to cover up the grays a little bit. I don't like Mm -hmm. them to be so strong. Right. (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's a part of self-care too. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta full make head of hair. I'm like, mm-hmm. I be wanting to do stuff with my hair, but I'm like, I'm gonna just let this flow just be wild and crazy. But I I I want to, I've been saying this like all this year. I was like, I'm gonna get my hair braided for my birthday. And then my birthday came and went. And then I'm like, I'm gonna get my hair braided before fourth of July. Fourth of July is next week, next weekend. And so you're gonna commit to yourself. See, so you so you're gonna commit to yourself because you really want to get your hair braided and just think about how good you're gonna feel. You're just gonna be a bad bitch. You're gonna I be taking pictures. I have not had my hair braided in like 20 years. Like I and this is like my third time in 20 years, like growing my hair out. And mm-hmm. I'm like, why am I not growing? Why am I not got yes? I I'm you want a, someone to do it. I do. Full transparency. Okay. I am tenderheaded. That is that is why I'm glad you my hair break. Because I don't want to somebody else. Oh, bless your heart. <laughs> but yes, that, that is one reason. But yeah, I, I've definitely thought about doing some different things with my hair because you know it's I've been growing it out for the last couple of years. I'm like, I want to switch it up just a little bit because I know I don't want to cut it. I'm going, I'm gonna rock this shit till the wheels fall off or the hair falls out. Um, because it's just so thick, it's so thick, and it's just it's a beast to manage. I'm like, oh my god, it can be, I, it can I, be. I, and it can get expensive, you know what I mean? So, yeah. you got to take care of it. And, and if that doesn't work for you, then good thing about hair is you can cut that shit off. Because right. I thought about that too. Remember in the um, waiting to excel, yeah, scissors. Okay, you want it short as mine, shorter than mine, or shorter as mine? Mm-mm. I was like, no, because my hair, I it takes forever <laughs> for my hair to grow. So I, I'm not cutting because I regret cutting it the last time, but I ain't cutting this shit. But Eric, it has been a pleasure having you on the show again. Yeah, it's funny me. because when, when I'm in these segments for, you know, recordings, my mind is always thinking. And you said something and I wrote it down. And I'll probably come back to you a little bit later because I, I, I think a new idea or a new segment for 2023 has been birthed because I was already spinning around in my head a few days ago. And then today's yeah. conversation sparked something. So something will be coming in 2023. And um, you are no stranger to the show. You made your second appearance this year. So expect audience to hear Eric on the show Again, he's a friend to the show. Yeah. He is he has an open invitation. But Eric, let the listeners right. know where they can find you and take us out with something that will knock their socks off. How only you can deliver it because my co-host on Jackie and John, she loves 
the tone of your voice. She loves how smooth it is. So <laughs> it smooth. Oh my gosh, why are you putting all this pressure on me now? I'm like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> it, can, it can be something funny, you know. We're all no. funny games over here, nothing too serious. I appreciate everyone like my Barry White. You know, I ho- I'm hoping that very, very soon it's going to start making me some coins. Okay? Right. So any agents out there listening or any managers, you know, I love you, boy. But nah, nah, this was just so dope. And the fact that you said I have an open invitation, that makes me feel great because I would love to have you on the Hunger Podcast. Um, oh my God, mama, I have made it. I have arrived and the spotlight is on me. I, <laughs> I, I would love that. I really would. I, we gotta I love that you. I listen regularly. So I think it'd be dope. It would be. It would be. So everyone, again, thank you so much for listening, giving me an opportunity to be in your ears for a little while. I'm Eric Cole, the host and producer of the Hunger Podcast a Philly-based culture and society podcast from a Black queer perspective. You can find my show on your favorite social media and podcasting platform by searching at Hung Up Pod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. Hit that little subscribe button. If you tap the bio link on the Insta page, you will access the merch store. I have all the support me, bitch. And the relax your shoulders t-shirts and merchandise in there. That is, you know, it helps a little bit um, <laughs> with keeping the show, some of the um, financial obligations that come with the show. So if you find it in your heart, people really like the support me bitch uh, t-shirts. I hope many don't sue me, but um, it's something that I use in the show all the time. So I put it on a t-shirt and, and the girls love it. support me support me yeah because that is the realest shit I done heard in a long time so that's why I use it all the time it's it's real it definitely resonates (laughs) thank you John you are amazing thank you I appreciate that it's always great when your peers that you admire it's mutual so I thank you for coming on the show